My name is Dr. Nee Darko. I am from Irvington, New Jersey, and this is Race, Violence, and Medicine. All right, welcome to Race, Violence, and Medicine. I'm Dr. Brian H. Williams, and today I'm sitting here with Dr. Nee Darko, Mr. Doc's outside the box himself. We're here in Boston for the annual American College of Surgeons conference, and I ran into him, and I said, you know what, I have plans for you to be on the show for a Book of the Month Club, but while I got you here, might as well get this done right now. And I got to say, you know, we're in Boston right now. The Sox are in the World Series, and I got to give a shout out to the town where I did my uh, surgery training. So shout out to Boston. I'm not a Red Sox fan, but it's still kind of cool to be in a city during a championship game. So I'll just leave it at that. Dr. Darko. I'm looking at you cross-eyed because I'm a Yankees fan, brother. Hey, you heard what I said, right? I am not a Red Sox fan. But why do you got to bring that up, though? <laughs> I mean, we can edit this out of the show later on, but why do you got to bring I, 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 that I, I, up, I possibly could. I spent seven years here in Boston, so I just, you know. It's not the same. It's not I'm the same. shouting out to the city of Boston. I could live here for 15 years, and I still wouldn't root for Boston. All right, all right, all right. Not going to happen. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> hey, it's my show. I don't even apologize for this. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Hey, uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me on your show, man. It's a, it's a really a, a, an honor. It's a pleasure, man, to be here. Well, hey, you were one of my inspirations for actually doing the podcast. Really? Because you've been doing it for a while. Doc's Outside the Box is hitting it. Mm-hmm. Plus your book that you just put out, yeah. 321 Podcast. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're a trauma surgeon. You're a business owner. You're an entrepreneur. <laughs> like, I mean, just keep, we can go on and on. We can, we can unpack this all day, right? Mm-hmm. But let's start first with your book, yes. all right? So 321 Podcast. Tell us how that came about. So, you know, I, I was podcasting for a while and people kept asking me over and over again, Nee, how do you do this? Nee, how do you do that with podcasting? Like, what is a podcast? Um, how often do you put out a podcast? Like, who, do, who edits your podcast? And I kept answering them over and over and over again individually. And it came to a point where I was getting so many questions that literally I was thinking, should I start a website? Should I do a FAQ And then I said, you know what, like I am literally trying to establish myself as a leader within the physician podcasting realm. Why don't I just take the next step and do something that I've never done before? Why don't I just write a book? Right. And my aim was to make it a very short, quick guide that you literally could keep in your white coat or, you know, you can keep in your back pocket. A woman could keep in her purse. A guy can keep, you know, wherever in his back pocket. And uh, And I would say it fits in your suit. In your, in your suit coat very yeah, well, you know? It's fine. I've got a copy, so you know it's perfect. Saying? Very quick and easy to read. And, um, you know, one thing led to another and the book was created. And I, I literally am the person, the reason why I started a podcast is it takes me a long time to write. Um, you know, I enjoy writing, but I write in a very scientific, boring, surgical type standpoint. Like I write like I'm going to write a paper. Um, so writing blog posts or doing all of those type of things in a fun manner is really difficult for me. So that's why I podcasted because I was like, I can't blog. It takes me a long time. Let me just voice out what I have to say. So to go from that point where recognizing I have some difficulties just writing for fun to actually putting together a manuscript to do a book um, was a big deal for me. And But looking back, it's something I'm really proud of, man. So Right. So you, you touched upon something, right? 
I think is kind of important is writing for academic papers. It's it just me speaking. There's a lack of soul and yeah. energy in that. But you're you're reciting facts, you're laying out your case, and here's your conclusions. But that doesn't always draw in an audience, right? Right. There's no room for soul, right? There, you know. But your your podcast book. I mean, I, I've read it. I've referred to it several times as one of my go-to references mm-hmm. for my podcast. And I uh, just got to give you kudos. Thank you. And uh, it's available on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's available on Amazon. Just look it up as three comma two comma one podcast. And it's a book that'll tell you exactly how to develop brand authority um, through a podcast. Right. You know, so go ahead. Please. Yeah. So, so talk about your, your writing process. Cause it sounds like this was, somewhat challenging for you. Mm-hmm. And I do some writing myself and I'm always interested to hear from other writers, how they approach their craft. Right. So for me, um, you know, having a full schedule, still a full-time trauma surgeon, running the locum tenants business and being a father and a husband, um, and then also doing a podcast, you know, it's kind of difficult to figure out how exactly to even start how to write a book. Um, so for me, what I did is I literally listed all the things just in one word topics of the things that I think that the audience or whoever was going to read my book needed to understand. So I tried to keep it as 10 main topics. And then what I did is literally every night before I went to bed and definitely when I woke up in the morning, um, you know, I tried to write at least three sentences related to that topic. That's it. So give an example of a a topic that you began with. I'm looking at your microphone right now. Okay. So obviously microphone is one of the things that you need to learn to podcast, right? Or at least you need to understand the concept of microphones. Um, And then let's say another one was, um, you know, a a guest. You need to interview guests, right? So let's just say a guest is a topic and then microphone is a topic and then software would be a topic. Before I went to bed, I tried to write like two sentences about a microphone. Like, this is the microphone that I, t- I like to use. And, right. you know, maybe a little bit more about why I use that microphone. And when I went to bed and woke up, I would wake up at like five in the morning and I would do what I need to do and then literally write another two sentences about it. And I tried to keep it as uh, as close to how I talk as possible, because I think with me and I think other people go through that issue also is instead of typing to like they're talking to people, they type like they're writing a term paper, right. which could be really boring. So it's being, like you're having a conversation right. through the written word exactly. with your audience. So that's what I did is I just wrote as if I was having a conversation, which is difficult, right? right. You're seeing all these red marks in your Microsoft Word, <laughs> purple. Microsoft's like, like that, ain't, that doesn't make a sentence. Right, like right, you need right. to change this around. That's, like, a, that's a fragment. Where's right. Your, yeah. You had to, I had to resist the urge to say, okay, go back and fix it or even go back and, and arrange it. I literally just kept typing and typing and typing. No editing. Literally just trying to just put down as much as I can for each topic. And once I did that, that's how the book slowly started being put together. So what, what time frame did this take for you from an idea conception to you felt you had a draft done that you could work with? So wait, so here's the question. Though. You right. mean like an idea conception, like I can write a book or an idea that I got the information and maybe I need to put it out there? Because there's a difference, right? Like I was going through that process of thinking that I should make a website or FAQ to maybe I should write a book. And then it's like, are you crazy? You can't write a book. So getting over that imposter syndrome was huge for me. Right. That probably took, I'm not going to lie to you, probably took like three to six months. And, and I, I have a professional coach who helped me with that process also. Okay. Mm-hmm. So imposter syndrome for someone who may not know what that means, what is that? Basically, imposter syndrome is just you're scared that people will figure out that you're a fraud, right? So in basic terms of being a trauma surgeon, like 
I, I got my FACS. I've gone through all the hoops and people who understand surgery know basically those letters after, you know, uh, after your name basically mean that you are board certified and the American College of Surgeons or whatever board it is says that you are, you know, you fill the standards to be that that type of um, specialty. Yes, yeah, so if you're listening, you're not in medicine. FACS is an acronym that stands for Fellow of the American College of Surgeons, and you need to achieve certain requirements and then also be sponsored to get that designation. So if you ever see that after somebody's initials, that means they've achieved a higher level of, um, I don't know, prominence within right. the surgical community. And, and is you a, have FACS? I, have, I definitely have that. It's something I'm very proud of. Right. And it's basically, a, a, there's a lot of critique, a lot of uh, evaluation and critique that goes into your resume right. and to get those letters. So you are evaluated by by your peers. And um, so basically, you know, going through four years of medical school, going through five years of, of, of training and an additional year of residence, or excuse me, of training and trauma, getting to FACS and all those different things. And what imposter syndrome is, is basically ha- imagine having all of those qualifications and then walking into a patient's room and thinking that, oh man, they may find out that I'm not good enough. Or when you talk to your, your fellow colleagues, they may look at you and be like, what's he doing here? Now, this is something that they may not say, Right. And they may not even verbalize to you, but it's something that you think in your mind. Right. So this is a completely self-fulfilling type of conversation that you have in your mind. Self-limiting, right? Because it's, it's preventing you from doing something that you think you can't do because you don't really feel like you belong. Exactly. That's what imposter syndrome is. So when you overcame that to start writing your, your book, mm-hmm. uh, your professional coach helps you in that regard. Mm-hmm. And you say, OK, I'm going to I'm going to do the book. Yes. That took you. Oh, so now writing up. So from that point saying I'm going to write the book to actually having a manuscript took three weeks three, oh. and probably would have been shorter if I, <laughs> right, right. you know, there was a week off I just took, but it literally took about three weeks to do. So probably if I took that week, off, it'd be like two weeks. OK, mm-hmm. so three, two, one podcast. We're here with Dr. Nee Darker. We're going to take a quick break here and we're going to come back and learn more about Dr. Darko's journey into medicine. And also learn more about his, his uh, podcast that he has called Docs Outside the Box. You're listening to Race, Violence, and Medicine. Stick with us. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to Race, Violence, and Medicine. Our guest today is Dr. Nee Darko. He is the author of the book 321 Podcast. He is also the host and creator of Docs Outside the Box. He's a trauma surgeon, entrepreneur. He wears a lot of hats. And I don't know if you have enough time today to go through all of his <laughs> accomplishments, which are kind of inhuman. But let's uh, let's move on to your journey into to medicine. You are now an author, but you began as, uh, well, going into medicine. You're a doctor. You're a trauma surgeon. So, I, you know, I actually learned about you before I actually first met you. Hmm. There's a show called Grady's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about Grady's Anatomy. So it either could be notoriously known for that show, depending on if you're a program manager or (laughs) if you're a simple layperson, it's pretty cool. So Grady's Anatomy came out 2006. It was put out by CNN and it was a show that was headed by Sanjay Gupta at the time. And this was around the same time that Grey's Anatomy on ABC, the TV show that's still going on right now, um, that everybody watches on ABC was pretty much right. at the zenith, and it's still been at the zenith after that. So Gray's Anatomy, Grady's Anatomy, kind of a play on words, right? And so called Grady's because because I did my training, my surgical general surgery training at Grady Memorial Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia, where me and you both met, right? 
right? Very pr prominent hospital, historical hospital for so many different reasons, mostly good, some bad, um, and a huge trauma population, indigent population. Um, but they decided CNN is literally two miles away, right? right. They decided to uh, feature some residents in what their typical day or call schedule would be like. Um, nothing salacious or anything like that, but they right. would follow us around for 24 hours, sometimes even 48 hours to see what a day in a life would be. Um, some people they followed for, you know, a day, some people they followed for longer for me, they had to follow me longer because of my, the way how my work schedule worked. Right. Um, but that was a great experience. Um, but they, I think the world got a chance to really understand the type of time constraints and the time pressures that we're under. So I ended up doing a 30 hour shift that ended up being a 36 hour shift, uh, kind of breaking duty rules right. on TV. So, um, in some respects, you know, people are like, whoa, that's really how you work. Um, kind of like a badge of honor, but then from a program standpoint, right. they were like, what were you thinking? Right, you know, right. you know so um, that was an interesting time. But I remember, I'm thinking of this because that show came out just before I came, I came to Grady to do my fellowship. Mm -hmm. And what I'm thinking when I see this, I'm thinking I'm seeing this black male surgeon along with the rest of the country. And I found that to be uh, quite impressive because you don't see many of us in medicine and to see us in surgery is even, uh, I was, it was, I felt proud. I didn't even know who you wore, but I'm like, you know, I, I like that guy. Mm. And then uh, we, we found, we finally met, but talk to us about your, how you went into medicine in the first place. Uh, do you want to, when you're this high, would you want to be a kid, uh, be a doctor when you're four or five years old or what happened? So it depends on how you, so look, this may be the salacious, too salacious for your, <laughs> For your um, for your audience, but for me, I grew up in Queens, New York, and um, you know, there's, there wasn't anybody in my family who was a physician. And um, you know, for me, I grew up watching the Cosby Show, and so I, I think nowadays you have to be very clear and say, for me, what attracted me to it was the concept of Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable. Right. The concept of Dr. Heathcliff, Heathcliff Huxtable, OB guy, living in Brooklyn in a brownstone in his community with a wife who's beautiful, is a lawyer. You know, he has kids who are great, doing well. That whole concept for me living in, you know, where I grew up in the projects was, you know, that resonated with me. Um, and so for me, that's kind of what I wanted to aspire to. And now you got to remember, though, in the 80s, I grew up in Queens, New York. Right. So at the same time, I grew right next to Shea Stadium. The New York Mets were the jam. They had just won, you know, the World Series right. in 1986. The New York Knicks were becoming prominent. You know, the Giants had won a Super Bowl. So for me to be like, yeah, I don't want to do anything with sports. I want to see and do what's going on on TV. You got to think about it. that's a really big deal. Right. Right. So um, so that's that's kind of where I got that that seed that this is kind of where I want my life to be because I want that type of life. And then over time, you know, high school, college and so forth, you know, you just start to refine that, that want and that passion. You start to meet in shadow physicians and then you realize, okay, like this is really what I want to be. You know? Right. So, so then what got you into surgery? Because I mean, clearly that's one of the more strenuous training regimens to go through and then you go into trauma surgery. So talk to us about that. I think with surgery, I think that, the ability to kind of be able to handle multiple things and know that you can kind of hand, be a jack of all trades. Um, people are sick and then you do something immediately and then they get better. That was something that I really enjoyed, right? Someone has disease, someone has something going on with them. Let's just take the example of appendicitis. Something is causing them pain and I do something and then the next day they're better and they get to go home. 
that's something, that's the part of medicine that I really enjoy. Whereas there's other parts of medicine um, which are just as important, maybe probably even more important than what I do, but it takes a longer time to see those type of results. Anybody who knows me, you know me, I'm ADHD. I'm going to say there's nothing more important than what we do. Right? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's be real about this, all right? Let's beat our chest a little bit. All right, cool. All right, we'll, let's do that. Right. Humility has its place, but not right now. <laughs> I love it. I love right. it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's kind of what the reason why I just kind of floated to to surgery. Okay. So you you're you know you're a role model and you may not even I mean I'm sure you realize that but sometimes we we don't you know as black men in medicine we don't realize the impact we have on people. Yeah. Something it comes and goes, right? It's, mm-hmm. That's how we live. Um how do you you know it's it's an it's an added I don't want, I don't want to see burden, responsibility, right? You need to have your I's dotted and your T's crossed all the time. You want to be at the top of your craft and you're doing these other things. How do you handle all that? And is your role as a mentor for other folks? How do you incorporate that all into your, the, you know, the Dr. Darko persona? So that's a good point that you mentioned. I, so let's go back to the imposter syndrome, right. right? That imposter syndrome forces you to kind of cross every T and dot every I. But I also think what you said before, it's self-limiting and it can cause you to be so focused on that situation of not feeling like you belong that it actually forces you to make mistakes. Right. right? Or it for, for, it can cause burnout or it can cause relationship issues at home because you're so focused with trying to be an amazing surgeon. I've let that go now. Okay. I've learned to let that go. And how, how'd you let that go? How- I just I just realized that I'm a great surgeon. I stopped saying that I'm a good surgeon. I'm a great surgeon. I've been excellently trained. I have FACS at the end of my name. Why can't I consider myself great? I'm a great surgeon and I'm good enough. And I've learned to be like, you know what? I'm not trying to please anybody anymore. It's about taking care of my patients and doing the best job that I can do. Am I 100% perfect? No, nobody is, right? You're going to make mistakes, hopefully very small mistakes, but you learn from them and you get better and you ultimately do what's best for your patient. Once I, I learned to understand that concept and move past the crossing T's and dotting I's, you always want to make sure you do that, particularly with someone's life and surgery. But once you got, I got past the imposter syndrome, I just realized that I'm just going to be me. I'm right. just going to learn to be the best Dr. Darko I can be. And understanding like what you said, being a, a role model, I think the best thing that I can do that I try to do is just to make sure that I always let people know that, hey, I'm human just like you. I've made mistakes just like you. Come, let's talk, let's chat. Um, let me take out, you know, an, a medical student for lunch. Right. Um, or let me take out a resident for lunch. For example, real quick, like I just took out a bunch of residents who were interns and second years when I was a chief resident. We went out to an Ethiopian restaurant. You know, these fools, you know what they did, right? <laughs> when the check came, what they do, you know what they try to do. They try to pay. And I'm like, right. right. It doesn't work that way, guys. I'm, I'm the chief resident. Right. I take care of you guys. And you know what I need you guys to do? When it's time for those residents, you do the same thing. You never exactly. let them pay. Right? Exactly. You got to pay it forward. Right. You just pay it forward. That's, so that's the biggest thing that I think we both agree on that you can do in terms of mentorship is just say, look, I was in your situation before. Right. I remember there's nobody in my family. That's, I don't have a pedigree. I don't come from a pedigree of physicians. But what someone did to me at one point is they took me under their wings and showed me the way. So I want to be able to do that for you. And being able to literally, I'm telling you that getting that imposter syndrome situation out of my life and behind me was right. so freeing. Um, I feel like I help so many more people now because I'm not worried about the stress of oh, what, what this happens or what right. if that happens, forget all that. Right. You know, so, so you got past that because now you, you have the credentials, mm-hmm. 
you have the the certificates on your wall, you have the letters behind your name. So it's it's easier for you to get past that, right? Right. What sort of advice do you have for someone that's in medical school right now? Because yeah. you know, unless you're at one of the HBCUs, that black medical students will be the minority in their class. There may mm-hmm. be just a handful of them, and they may be feeling this imposter syndrome. What do mm-hmm. you tell them now before they have those credentials to back them up? Well, first is I want them to recognize that it is called imposter syndrome and that this situation exists, and they're not the only ones who are going through this, right? Um, but as we always say, you got to play the game first, right? So you got to play the game to be able to change it. So rather than worrying about, you know, trying to be yourself, like you need to do what you need to do to make sure you pass your your classes and study as hard as you can. You need to make sure that you do whatever you need to do to make sure from a clinical standpoint, when you do your clinicals, that you do what you need to do. And then once you graduate, once you get that MD, that DO, or once you get your board certification and pass your boards, then you can go back and rec shop and and, and, and really change the system from the ground up. So I think it's it's really important to understand um, that it exists, um, that it could be crippling. It could be very stressful. It could cause stress in your life. Um, but first, you got to play the game and, right. and get on the other side. But that's a good point. Imposter syndrome is not, you're not alone, but don't let it, don't let it limit you. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take another break here. We're here with Dr. Nee Darko. He's our guest today on Race, Violence, and Medicine. We've talked about his book, 321 Podcast, discussed the journey into medicine, But now we're going to get to some of his more entrepreneurial uh, endeavors that he is doing. So come back to us after the break and we'll we will talk about that. All right. Welcome back to Raise Violence in Medicine. I'm Dr. Brian H. Williams, your host. Our guest today is Dr. Nee Darko. He is a trauma surgeon, author of the book 321 Podcast, and he has started his own, well, podcast called Docs, Docs Outside, Outside the Box. Yeah. He, Docs Outside the Box, I should say. He is the uh, creator and host of that show. So Dr. Darko, talk to us about Docs Outside the Box. So Docs Outside the Box is a podcast about ordinary doctors who do extraordinary things outside of medicine. You were a guest on the show. So basically it, it started because I was looking for stories of doctors who are thriving in non-traditional medical fields, doctors who coach other doctors, doctors who end up on TV. How does Dr. Sanjay Gupta end up being Dr. Sanjay Gupta or Dr. Oz end up being Dr. Oz? Um, doctors who, you know, franchise and do pretty cool entrepreneurial things right. or doctors like you, you know, who start their own podcast and, you know, were in the situation where you were on CNN and how did you handle that type of situation? All the things that we just didn't get taught in medical school. You know, I just wanted to get that type of story because I think, you know, it's well documented how you studied and how well you did in school, but there's so many different things about you that are really fascinating, right? Right. You're a father, you're a husband, um, you're a brother to some, you know, like it's just certain things that I just want to get out. And I just felt like I could tell that story. So that's and, what my podcast is about. And I, you know, I, I, I'm a fan of your podcast. I remember when I first discovered it probably about a year, a little over a year ago. And I said, hey, Nee, what are you doing a podcast? You didn't tell me about this. <laughs> but your guests on this show, is it's very cool to listen to doctors and then hear their other stories that they're doing. There are some fascinating things happening, fascinating things that are that they're doing. And you realize that we are more than the sum of our medical right. degrees, and uh, uh, and I'm I'm gonna be a fan for for a long time. <laughs> I've been I've been a guest on your show. Uh, I was honored to do that. But uh, tell us what it's like to run your podcast because I see it getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and 
you're a trauma surgeon. I know that in and of itself is more than a full-time job, right? That's mm-hmm. for us. Now you're, doing a pod, you're an author and a podcast itself. So talk about the podcast, the logistics of that, and how you fit that into your, your schedule. I don't know how I do it, <laughs> but it, I mean, this literally comes back to passion and what you're passionate about. Like, I really feel like if I stopped podcasting, like I would be depressed, you know, right. and not to say that the other aspects of my life are depressing. It's just like, this is so much fun. Like me just talking to you, there's a lot right, of right. energy with what's going on, but you know, the logistics are like, I, I have to research and, and, and stalk my guests. Right. <laughs> That's how I found out, you know, I had to find out about you and contact and all those different things. We had a previous relationship, but you know, like getting in touch with you and, but finding guests, getting in touch with them, finding a great topic that I think the audience would want to listen to. That takes time. Um, and then, you know, recording the episode, like me and you are literally recording in right. between sessions, right? You right, just got to yeah. make time for it. And then, you know, editing it and how does the audio sound and getting it up? Like, it just takes a lot of work. But, you know, I really feel like the greater good uh, would benefit from, you know, the stuff that I put out there. Right. So it's at a point where now I feel like so many people would really benefit from hearing these stories that I feel like if I stopped it, like I'd be like depriving people of stuff. And this is not a like self-grandizing, like, oh, it's just me doing it. Because the show, as I tell people, the show is not about me. Right. The show is about the guests and getting that story out to people, I think is very important. Um, so that's why for me, I'm very passionate about it. So you're right. Like we work similar hours and so forth, but at the same time, you make time to do your blog, which you're very passionate about and go and talk. For me, I feel like my ministry is kind of talking and telling the stories of other people, right. almost like an Anthony Bourdain for people, who, right, right. for doctors who live outside the box, man. But if I could ever get to that level where I'm actually interviewing people live, um, that would be, you know, the, the, the dream for me. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So if, where can we find Docs Outside the Box? Like, tell yeah. us. You can, anywhere you get your podcast, we're talking about Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you get your favorite podcast, you can get the podcast. You can find this podcast. If you don't want to use your, your phone, um, if you want don't want to use an app, you can just go to the website, www.docsotb.com. Uh, that's docs, D-O-C-S-O-T-B as in boy.com. And you can download the podcast directly from the website. Okay. And your book again is available at Amazon. Yes. And anywhere else. Yeah. It's available on Amazon or wherever else you can, any, any yeah, anywhere else you can get a book or hawk a book. I don't, you can go to Harlem on 125th street. I mean, sometimes you, these people they only have eBooks, right? They're only available right. on, on Amazon, but you actually have a, I mean, I have a physical copy of your book and mm-hmm. I should have brought it here so I can get you to sign it for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I got a free gift for your guests, depending on when this episode is coming out. Right. If it's coming out really soon, if they go to www.docsotbpodcasting.com, they can get a free version of the book right now. It's only available for 48 hours, this link. Um, but just let me know when this goes back. Okay. If this goes out, I'll put that link back up. But once again, guys, to get the free version of my book, ebook version of my book, just go to docsotbpodcasting.com and you can get the, clean, the free book right there. And that's my gift to all of you, all of your guests right now. Well, it's your lucky day, I guess. And I will have all that information uploaded to the website when it's closed. So you can find out. Well, last thing is, where do, you, where do we reach you? What's your social? Yeah. So I'm Dr. Nee Darko through all areas. So that's Twitter, Instagram, <clears throat> Facebook, Dr. Brian Williams. <laughs> <laughs> when are you getting on Facebook? I'm out of here. And Twitter also. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So I have all, all the information. I can get a hold of Dr. Nee Darko, where you can find this book his website, and we'll learn about the, uh, the free gift that you, that you can hit up. 
when you hit up his website. So you have been listening to Race, Violence, and Medicine. This podcast is available anywhere you get your podcasts. My main platform is Anchor FM. So if you're on Anchor, you know, just shoot me a message. You may end up on the show. Uh, my website, brianwilliamsmd.com. That's Brian with an I. If you go there, you can, I'll keep you up to date with all what's happening with the uh, with the show. It's time for the newsletter. See where I may be speaking later, or just you know whatever you like to do is just send me a message. Let me know how you're doing, and let me know if I need to do anything to make the show better for you because I do not want to waste your time, and your feedback is important to me. And lastly, you can hear me on I Am Royalty Radio, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central. That is IamRoyaltyRadio.com, or you can go to your app store and download the app. Dr. Need Darko, thank you for your time today. Appreciate it. It was amazing, man. Thank you for having me on the show. All right. We got to do it again, man. Good to know you, brother. Good to know you. All right. This is Dr. Brian H. Williams. I'm out for now, and I'll be talking to you next time.